Well, if you're not felt welcome yet, I want to welcome you to Connections uh, Church. Glad you guys are here. I'm going to try out this headset. So if I get a little, my hands get a little out of sorts and a little confusing, just uh, bear with me. Uh, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Yeah, let's go. Happy Father's Day. So this is going to be the uh, official, the final uh, wrapping up of the family. We're going to focus on fathers. This message is not directed straight to the fathers, but it is an encouraging word for the fathers. So mothers, if you're out there and you grab something, great. I want to go to Ezekiel chapter 22, please. And the prophet Ezekiel got a word from the Lord, and it was, it was about judgment. Um, the nation of Israel, they were in a place where they just got crazy. They, they Basically, they lost their minds. They just went their own way. They were selfish. Uh, they were full of sin. You name it, they were involved in it. Within the first nine verses, they're naming 17 sins that this these people were involved in. Uh, and they were in Jerusalem, which was known to be the holy city, but in this time, God referred to it as the bloody city because of their sins and because of their, their wickedness and their backsliding. So it wasn't that, you know, you had just some people that were in sin. He looked at it and it was the whole nation. He talked about the prophets, the priests, the princess, the princes, and the people, they were all in sin. And so I'm just going to go a little bit with you here. Verse 20, I'm sorry, chapter 22, verse 30. And he said, the Lord says, And I saw for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me, before the land, that I should not destroy it but I found none. I found none. Not just I found one or two out of a whole nation, but he looked upon a nation and he found no one worthy enough to do this, to stand in the gap, to make up a hedge. And so I want to look at the word hedge for a second. Uh, a literal term for hedge is to surround for defense. Uh, to fortify. It is a, a fence uh, which is normally built out of uh, rocks, stones, uh, and some of it, sometimes it was built out of um, thicket, uh, briary patch. Um, the, the word like just, if you can think of thorns and just wires and briars all patched up together, that made a hedge. You know, we moved into a, a house, I guess it was maybe two years now, like a thing, right? Maybe two years? Ish, two years ish. And the backyard was grown up, guys. I mean, it was it was nasty. So I've got picture this. I've got some Leland Cypress on one side, and I've got a, a wood picket fence on the other side. And between me and the guy in the back, it was a jungle. I'm not exaggerating. There the vines and the thickets and the wire, the, 
the vines had grown up at least six feet into my backyard from his backyard. So, I mean, it was, it's just a jungle. And so one Saturday we get out there and we're cutting and we're cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting. And this stuff was thick. It was just wound up in there, just a thick mess. And so as I was preparing for this, the Lord brought my memories to this. And he, now we've got it cleaned up and it looks, it looks halfway decent. It's manageable. But it was there to keep his stuff from coming to my stuff. It's there to keep things from coming in. It's there to keep things on his side where it belongs. So if you can imagine that, it's, uh, a hedge is a, think about, you know, uh, the old, I was going to say old school, but old times, um, cities, properties, churches back in this, this time would have some kind of rock or some kind of hedge around them just to keep things in. And so it was custom in that day. And so when he was talking about this, I saw a man that would make up a hedge. You got to understand, the hedge was there for protection. These people had done, they've gone so far away and so far astray that he said, if I can find someone to make a hedge so I can wrangle these folks in, so I can bring them back. But I want to look at what he meant deeper. Let's look at a spiritual hedge. Not only was God looking for someone to stand there and to make that hedge, but it, spiritually, if you think about the hedge, um, it's God's wall of protection. He promises that to believers. If you go back to Job chapter 1, verse 8, and, uh, 8 9, 10, you know the story the devil comes to God, Satan comes to God and says, um, paraphrase, I'm looking for somebody. And he says, well, have you thought about Job? You know, he's an upright man. He's, he shuns evil. He's a man after my heart, and he, he lives right. Uh, the one version says he's, he's perfect. That just means he's blameless. And I thought it was funny. The devil's like, well, he's that way because you have a hedge around him. He only worships you because you protect him. Now think about that for a minute, guys. Even Satan knows the power around a hedge. He understands that, well, I can't touch him. You've got that hedge built around him. I can't get in there. There's a hedge built around that. Everything he owned, his family, his property, it all had a hedge and he had a blessing built upon that. And so there is a very important, think about it for a minute. If you get in, you're in a church, a local body, and you don't have that man of woman of God that will pray for you that will preach God's word, undefiable, that, you will, that they're going to do everything they can to stay in right standings with God. There's going to be a hedge around that house. 
protection around that house. You know, so many times now, leaders and the church people, they've got to the point where they don't want to offend anybody. They, they've taken up this model of, well, we won't preach God's word because we don't want to hurt your feelings. We don't want you to get upset. We, we like that you give. But if you get into a church body that will preach the word of God, that will stand on his word, that will do what God says, regardless of how you feel, there's going to be a blessing there. And that blessing is going to be the hedge, a hedge of protection, a protection that God has in place. It's worth getting your feelings hurt every once in a while to be in a church where God's at. There's thousands of churches out here. Doesn't mean God's there. And I hate to say it that way, but I'd rather hurt your feelings, but know your soul is going to be in heaven one day than you get mad and run off and go and let somebody tickle your ears and tickle your fancy, and then you wind up splitting hell wide open. So that's just where I'm coming from. So uh, I'll get back to my notes now. This is why he said in verse 24, they're unclean. You're unclean people. There has to be something. We have to start somewhere. So let's get a hedge built first. The next thing he said is, I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap. He was looking for somebody to be an intercessor for the people. If you guys will, uh, if you're taking notes, jot down Genesis 18, 26, and Exodus 32, 10, and 14. The first one is Genesis 18, where Abraham was talking with God about Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you read this passage, it's actually a funny transition between Abraham and God. Abraham, God was going to destroy this place. And he said, wait, God, you, you mean to tell me that you would destroy the righteous with the wicked? He said, but I thought you were just a just God. And he said, so it, if there's 50 people there that are righteous, will you not destroy it? And so they go back and forth with this. And what I'm, I'm getting at is that Abraham was pleading with God not to destroy the people. Same thing with Moses. Moses is on the mountaintop communing with God. And the people are down in the valley and there again. You know, sometimes it's funny how when, the, when a preacher goes away, the people just go crazy. You guys, I'm thinking about that. Every situation, the man of God was over here and the people were over here going crazy. So what does that tell you? You need to stay connected. They were on the mountaintop and God's like, I'm going to destroy these people. I'm going to destroy them and I'll start over. Basically is what he was saying. And Moses, being the man that he was, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not destroy him yet, God. He's, he's pleading. He's, he stood in the gap between God's judgment and his wrath and the people. That's what an intercessor does. He stands in the gap. It, good, thank you. Good analogy. 
you guys got kids, some of you got kids, you're married. One parent is about to beat the mess out of the kids. <laughs> One parent is. And then you have the other parent that stands in the gap between the beaten and the kid. That is a perfect acknowledge of standing in the gap, being an intercessor there that pleading on the behalf of the other parent, please don't beat them, please don't beat them. Normally that's Angie with me asking me not to beat the kids. Sometimes we flip rows. It's the parent, it's, the, it's parenthood. But you get what I'm trying to say. There's that person that will stand in between the judgment that God is about to lay out and he's pleading, God, you're a just God. You're, you're a good father. Please don't destroy these people. We see often that God's mercy will come before his judgment. His mercy Although that he is ready to destroy and ready to cast down judgment, his mercy steps in and gives us an opportunity, a chance to make things right. It gives us an opportunity to, to change our ways. He said, but I found no one. I found none. You got to understand that the whole nation was just morally corrupt. All classes, all social class, they were just, they were so far in sin that they couldn't see God. They couldn't, they couldn't even, they couldn't even realize that I'm messed up. I'm so far gone that I just can't, I can't see and that's a bad place to be as a Christian. That you're so far out there that you can't even understand that God is right here. And he is wanting you to get right. He is wanting you to come to him. He is wanting you to just change your ways. But there was none there. No one to intercede for the people. No one to stand in the gap. There was no one. And it's not, it's not that the evilness causes God's wrath. It's the fact that there's none good that he gets angry about. So if Jesus Christ, if he is our savior, if he's our bridegroom and we're the bride as the church and if you realize and, and go back with me when I said a hedge what a hedge is and in the word of God it speaks about a hedge being thorny viney Jesus became a hedge for you and I He became a hedge. They actually placed a hedge, which they called a crown, upon his head. 
And when they placed the crown upon his head, I can just envision that they, it wasn't gently. They didn't do it gracefully. It was they placed it on there. And they activated that blood flow. And that blood flow is a covering. So not only did he become a hedge, but he stood in a gap for us. He stood in the gap by giving his life and that blood that we sing about, we talk about, we preach about, I'm covered by the blood, I'm, the blood of Jesus did this and I plead the blood of Jesus. That blood is our covering. And so it's not just a, 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 a cliche thing to say, oh, I'm covered by the blood. If you really understand that the covering, what the blood was applied upon, that's power in that, guys. There is so much power. You think, and there's so much power with having a covering, living under a covering. We can't do this thing on our own. I've tried. I've failed at it. I'm sure you have too. God has things in order for a reason. So God isn't looking for a man just to because. He's not looking for a, a movement just because. But he's looking for a man, and I'm using the word man. It doesn't say necessarily the male, but I'm looking... He's looking for a man that he can move through. That a man that will stand up and say, you know what, God? Here am I. I'm here. I'll stand in the gap for the people. I'll set myself aside and I'll stand here for the people. I'll take up my cross and I'll, I'll lay my life down, what I want, my pleasures, and I'll go before you and I'll, I'll be that gap filler. You guys will understand that as you get the little gift going out. It's time that we stop being just mediocre. It's time that we, we start being the person that God has created us to be. So I want to challenge, I want to challenge the guys because it's Father's Day. I want to challenge you to stand up and be the man. You might say, well, I am the man. <laughs> you know? But be the man. Be the man that God says, have you considered? Be the man that God says, He's an upright man. He's a just man. He's blameless. Be that man that someone looks at you and like, you know what, I'm not sure what he's doing, but I like it. I think I want to join it. Be that man that when you hear something, that you can lay everything down and you go to God for that. Be the man that's going to lay your life down for your family, regardless of what it takes. Be the gap filler. 
as Joshua 24, 15 says. But for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Regardless of what my neighbors are doing, the guys down the street, regardless for me and for my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Well, what does that mean? That means I'm going to be selfless. But I like doing stuff. There's a healthy balance. I'm not saying give up your life and become a, a, a Buddhist or a, what are those things called? Monk. I'm not saying that. But there's a healthy balance. There's a balance between serving God and, and just having fun. I, guys, I love to have fun. I enjoy good laugh. I enjoy going in and having fun. But there's certain times in my spirit I realize, okay, I need to put the fun down. Now, I need to go before God and be the gap filler. Stuff's going on at the church. I need to go in. Stuff's going on in my family. I need to go in. You may be in your job. It's okay. I promise you. I want to reassure you. It is okay to be that person, to be the gap filler. To stand in there, you know what, you're not there yet, I'll help you along. There's nothing wrong with that. It does not make you less of a man. It makes you more of the man that God wants you to be. And so, I want to challenge you guys to... Recommit yourselves to becoming more like Christ wants you to be. I want to challenge you to revive the calling that God has on you. Because if you can revive that calling that God's placed on your life, and you can recall, revive the calling, and you can revive it, and you revive in that, then it gets contagious. So it's not, it's not looking for a big movement, but it's looking for one. That to say, I will. I'll be the man that God's looking for. And so if you can do it, then someone else says, you know what, I, I like that. I can do that. And then next thing you know, your church is in revival. Because the men have stepped up and become who God has ordained them to be. And they're taking the role in the family. And they're taking the role in the church and in the community. And then when the church starts in revival, the community can become and go into revival. But it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. You've got to go to your prayer closet. You've got to go. I pray a lot when I'm driving down the road. It's some of the best times. People may think I'm crazy, but I'm in there communing, talking to God, going before God. God, what can I do today? How can I, how can I lay my life down for somebody? Who can I pray for? I love that thing that I think Amber Owenby does it. She puts it on Facebook. How can I pray for you? Take her up on it. Like I hurt my toe the other day. 
can you pray for me? It's got to start somewhere, guys. It's got to start with one. Somebody's got to say, I've, I've had enough of the way things have been. I've, I've, I'm tired of living a, a mediocre. I'm tired of, of coming in day in and day out. I'm tired of looking around my neighborhood and my, my community and realizing that sin is just running rampant. I'm tired of it. And so you've got to make that commitment. You've got to dig deep in something inside of you. You've got to stand up and say, I'm willing to make a change. If not for you, do it for your family. If not for your family, do it for your grandkids, for your generation. The Bible talks all the time about generations and generations. He said, I'll bless you and your descendants and your descendants' descendants. So there's something about having a covenant with God that he honors. But you have to do your part. You have to do your part by standing and being who God wants you to be, being who he's called you to be. Understanding that you may lose some friends being this man of God that you're supposed to be. It may hurt sometimes standing in the gap for somebody else. But it's worth it. So right now, I want to bring them in. And before you come, please, I'm, 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 I'm strong about this. I want you to come, but I want you to come because you want to come. I want you to come because you want to make a difference. I want you to come down because you're realizing, you know what, time is short. I, I, need, I need to do this for my family. I need to do this so I'm in right standings with God. And so if you will, join me here and recommit yourselves to being the man of God that he's called you to be. The father, the friend, the brother, the head of the house being that one is a leader in your family just call out to God and, and just say you know God here I am I, I may not know exactly what's going on or I may not can articulate my words but here I am laying my life down before you asking you to come in and to, to mold me into the man of God that you want me to be allow me to have the, the, the unction to be able to stand in to be a hedge of protection around my family use me God in such a way that I've never been used before
ladies, I'm going to direct this towards you. If you have someone up here, I'm going to need you to back them up. I'm going to need you to lift them up. When things are, are struggling and things are hard, sometimes they just need you to lean on, to lean into us as God, we thank you today for who you are. God, we thank you that you gave your son to be a hedge. And you gave him to stand in the gap once and for all for us, God. That we may be able to move and to work and to obey and to, to live an upright and a just life, God. And that he shed his blood for a covering for us. God, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have a free pass and we can live any way we want to. It's just that's not it, Lord, and we understand that. But it is a way back to you. It is somewhere we can go and to see you, God. It is our lifeline to you. You gave it all for me for us, that we would be able to live an abundant life, a fruitful life, a blessed life. We must stay in your word, live by your commandments, God. Be the man that you want us to be, that you've called us to be, that you have ordained us to be you have a calling on everybody's life in this place Lord not just the men the women the kids you have a calling on our lives and I pray that we will walk in that calling that we will fulfill that calling Lord that through your power and your majesty that you'll lead us and you'll guide us, God, in all the truths. I pray for everyone that's down here now that you would give them the strength, the willpower. You would stir up in their soul. You would put something deep down in their spirit knowing that you are God knowing that you have all power and all majesty and we need to turn to you for all that we need. You hold it in your hand and let us come to you and receive what is good. God, thank you 
thank you for your power and your might. Thank you for, for leading us by an example. Now let us take up our, our crosses and follow you. Let us arm ourselves with your word. I'm thinking of Nehemiah as he was rebuilding the wall. He was working with tools in one hand and a sword in the other. Equip us with what we need, Lord, to fight this battle. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.